everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday every two weeks. For this episode, we have three segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, and questions. Before we get started, if you would like to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for the Luna's Galaxy podcast... Um, I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me out. Helps me out. I'd really appreciate it. Or if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment. Maybe, like, share the podcast with your friends. Um, no matter how you listen, just be like, yo, if, you know, if you see a tweet and someone's like, do you have any recommendations for gaming podcasts? Be like, yo, check out the Luna's Galaxy podcast. That's my favorite. It's probably not your favorite, but that's fine. You like it. You're listening and that's all that matters. <laughs> as long as you like it even a little bit, you know, I think that that's um, good. Anyway, so let's get right into the gaming news. So first thing is that Kitase has gone on to say, I think this was in an interview, that Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, um, well, we're probably going to be getting some news for it this year. Um, he kind of said something about if all goes well, which to me kind of translates to, like, if Square Enix lets us. <laughs> or, you know, if things are moving along as scheduled. The plan is to um, for them to have Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two news this year. So that's cool. That's cool. You'd love to see it. Um, but big news... And this is old at this point now. <laughs> but PlayStation bought Bungie. So last episode was all about... Act not Activision. Well, yes, but like... <laughs> so last episode, <laughs> um, one thing that we talked a lot about was Microsoft buying Activision. And kind of what how that's going to shape out, I guess. And so the week, was it a week after or two weeks after? I think it was a week after the Activision stuff happened. Maybe two weeks. I don't, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> PlayStation announced that they are going to be acquiring Bungie. Um, for those of you that aren't too familiar with Bungie, because I know I'm not, um, they've been working on Destiny, which is a live service game. And so... Um, yeah, they bought Bungie. It was a few million, I, billion, or billion, no, not million, billion. <laughs> it was a few billion dollars to acquire Bungie. And, uh, yeah, fun times. You know, I was just glad that it wasn't any other company at this point. <laughs> um, also in news, um, It Takes Two is getting a movie, which... I think it's kind of cool. I never, I still haven't played It Takes Two, but it seems like from the trailers and from everything I've seen of it, it seems like it could be like a, a cool family movie. I have heard that there are like some parts of it where it's like, eh, maybe not, but um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it already has the vibe of like a Pixar, like a DreamWorks movie. So like it, it, it wasn't surprising to me at all that we're supposed to be getting an It Takes Two movie. So, kind of on the same page as PlayStation buying Bungie, um, Jim Ryan, I can't, I can't remember what his position is at Sony, but it's a big one, I can tell you that much. Um, so Jim Ryan said, to expect more acquisitions from PlayStation, which isn't a surprise. <laughs> it's not really a surprise at all, but, you know, to have that confirmation makes it kind of like, oh, like, this, this is real, this is really happening, this isn't just speculation anymore. Um, but we are going to be seeing more acquisitions in these coming months, coming years. So, yeah, 
I mean, there's not really much to say about it because I did talk about it a lot um, last episode, but I am curious to see who they will be acquiring because, like, typically when PlayStation has made acquisitions, it has been people that they've worked close with, so, like, Insomniac, um, oh my, I can never remember the, the, the people that made Returnal, I can't remember what they're called right now, Housemark them, um, like, they've typically bought developers that have worked closely with them before, but then, you know, them buying Bungie, <laughs> it's kind of like, well, I'm not so sure anymore, because Destiny is multi-platform, and if I'm correct, Bungie is more associated with Microsoft, at least it has been up until this point. So now it kind of feels like all bets are off the table, even with PlayStation. So, kind of scary. Um, I am curious to see if they will buy any Japanese studios, any Japanese developers or companies, because we haven't really seen that happen yet. It seems to be very Western-oriented. Um, which I assume probably has something to do with just, like, Japanese culture and um, how those companies are run. And also, I don't know if PlayStation would want that, but anyway. <laughs> um, I, like, if we did see, like, a Japanese studio or a Japanese company like Square Enix, Capcom, Sega, um, or even a smaller one like Spike Chunsoft, um, I, I'd be curious to see how that shakes out and if that, you know, were to happen because it is very Western right now, but we'll see. I'm kind of scared, but we'll see. Uh, with any luck, someone will buy Konami. <laughs> but then at the same time, you kind of look at Konami and you're like, would anyone really want to deal with that? I don't know. Because you kind of want their IPs, but eh, anyway, someone buy Konami so I can get Dance Dance Revolution. Um, <laughs> and then... Kind of, again, in similar news with PlayStation, um, they said that they plan to launch 10 live service games by March 2026. So, um, I, I don't mind live service games. I mean, there are, I feel like, different forms of live service. Um, you have stuff like Marvel's Avengers, which was kind of a short-lived live service, but then you also have stuff like Destiny, which I don't know if Destiny is technically an MMO. I don't know if you have to pay, like, a sub for that. But, um, you know, you have stuff like Destiny, which is, I, I think um, they went on to say that, you know, their main reason for acquiring Bungie had something to do with, you know, wanting to push out more live service games. Um, but, you, like, even Final Fantasy XIV as an MMO, like, that's technically kind of live service. Or even if you think of gotcha games like Genshin Impact. Like, I, I assume they all fall into the same broad category of live service. And so it's kind of hard to predict what this will be like, but, like, I'm not, I'm not, um, what's the word I was looking for? I'm not opposed to it. I know a lot of people don't really like live service games, but, like, I don't mind. I think if you do a live service game right, like, I think it's cool. <laughs> you know, if you look at Final Fantasy XIV, like, yeah, there's a lot of microtransactions if you want to buy cute costumes or even, like, paying your monthly sub, but, like, that's a really beloved game. I don't think live service is always bad. You know, obviously, I think that there is that worry that, like, these companies just see it as, like, a cash grab. But, and anyway. <laughs> but I don't think that this is necessarily a bad thing. And I'm really curious to see how this turns out. Because I don't think PlayStation, like, I don't think there's any, like, any of these live service games have been announced yet. So... 
yeah, I'm just, I'm curious to see, and like, what, like, what kinds of live service will they be? Like, will I be interested in any of them, or are a lot of them going to be, like, shooters and, like, more Western stuff that I'm not really into? Um, like, are they going to be based off of existing IPs? Are they going to be brand new? I have no idea. So, really curious to see, um, what those live service games are going to be, because 10 seems like a lot, especially over the span of, like, four years, 10 live service games in four years. Like, imagine if you want to play all of them, you wouldn't have any time to play any other games. <laughs> but anyway, the last thing about acquisitions, <laughs> at least I think it is, I think it's the last thing in the news about acquisitions, um, is that Nintendo has come out and said that they're unlikely to make any acquisitions unless deemed necessary. So this isn't too surprising. I think we all know that Nintendo is kind of doing their own thing and that you know, you can't just have anyone be a Nintendo first party, if that makes sense. Like, they really want to make sure that the quality is there. They're not going to go around acquiring just anyone just to do it. Um, I think the key word here, though, is unless deemed necessary. So, you know, if Nintendo sees that Microsoft and PlayStation are scooping up all these other developers and companies at an alarming rate... Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to be like, okay, shit, like, we need to pick up some developers and some companies that we still have games on our platform. Like, that is definitely a possibility, especially the way that things are turning out now <laughs> and, like, how things are expected to turn out these next few months and years. So, but it's not in their plans, at least. <laughs> um, they've also said that Switch is in the middle of its life cycle, which is, which is cool because, like, I really love my Switch. I'm glad that they're not like, you know, we only got two years left or something because the Switch came out in like 2017. So has it been five years now? Holy, holy cannoli. I think it's been five years. If my math is correct, the Switch is about five years old now. And I mean, with the pace that they're going with the Switch, I don't think you want to end that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like my Switch. I don't know if, you know, in between, you know, the like now being the middle of its life cycle and the end of its life cycle, you know, how many more reiterations will we see of the Switch? Um, but I, I'm, I'm excited and I'm happy because, I mean, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct soon, but I think Nintendo is really on a roll with the Switch. And um, it's there's a good possibility that it is going to end up being one of the best-selling consoles of all time. Um I think, did I talk about this last time or was it on stream? I don't remember. <laughs> I get everything mixed up. But, um, you know, will it outsell the PlayStation 2? I don't know, but I think if any console could, it would be the Switch. So, yeah. <laughs> also, there is a new Grand Theft Auto game in development. Rockstar has confirmed this. Um, I think it was just like a tweet <laughs> they put out where they were like, yo, we are working on a new Grand Theft Auto game. Um, they didn't say much else, you know, is this going to be Grand Theft Auto 6? Is it just going to be, you know, some sort of not numbered title? Um, anyway, I'm not too knowledgeable about Grand Theft Auto, but like, I kind of want to play GTA 5 at some point. I actually, I have the PS3 version because like, it was the thing back when it came out. I think, was it 2013? Yeah, I think it was 2013 when GTA 5 came out. I was in grade eight. <laughs> And I remember, like, everyone in my class was, like, so hyped about it. And I actually remember Kingdom Hearts 1.5 <laughs> on the PS3 came out, like, the same day or, like, the same week or something. And so I remember everyone in my class was talking about GTA 5, and I was just kind of like, 
I'm getting Kingdom Hearts 1.5. I'm gonna see the 358 over two days movie and play Kingdom Hearts Final Mix for the first time. So that's my memories of the GTA 5 launch. But like after, I don't know if it was like a few months or a few years later, um, I ended up getting GTA 5 on PS3 and I played like five minutes of it. And <laughs> it was some sort of mission with like a truck. Like you had to line it up a certain way and I just sucked at controlling it. And so I never played it again. <laughs> but like, I mean, obviously GTA is so iconic that I kind of want to go back and try it at some point, but I don't want to play the PS3 version. So I don't know, maybe I'll wait for like a sale on PS4, or PS5 when I get one and try and dabble in GTA 5 again. Because like, I feel like, I feel like I need to know what's going on, you know? I, I did, I remember, you know, once again, back in the day when I was in, like, middle school, um, we actually have, is it, is GTA uh, San Andreas, we actually have that on the PlayStation 2, and obviously I never played it as a child, but, you know, I was just looking through, like, old, like, our PS2 collection sometime, and I was like, oh, like, there are some games here that I never played because I was, like, too young for them. And one of them was GTA San Andreas. And I never played much of it, but I played it with, like, my friends. Um, and we would just, we'd just start a new game, put in the cheat codes, and, you know, have a flying car. Like, that was my GTA experience. I never did any of, like, the main stuff, main story. So, yeah, I feel like I'm missing out. So, maybe I'll, maybe I'll check out GTA. Because I feel like... You know, whenever this new GTA gets, you know, kind of officially announced and unveiled, especially if it is like GTA 6, um, <laughs> I feel like I want to be a part of that hype, you know, see what it's all about. But anyway, so the big, the big, big news was that Nintendo did a Nintendo Direct. Um, it's been a few days ago now as the, when this episode comes out, it'll be like a week ago. But, um, and it was fantastic. Like... I didn't have much expectations going in. I was kind of hoping to see something Mario Kart. <laughs> um, because there had been those rumors about uh, the Mario Kart 9 stuff. And that's kind of what I... That was one thing I was hoping for, but definitely wasn't expecting. So yeah, I was just like, this will be fun. And it the entire thing, I think the best thing about this Direct was that all of the games that were shown off and announced are going to be releasing this year. At least they're on track right now to release this year. There was, you know, literally everything was slated for 2022. There was nothing that they showed off where it was like, oh, maybe this game will come out in five years, you know? So like that was very refreshing <laughs> because I feel like almost any presentation, um, conference, like anything that happens in the games industry, I feel like so often now we see these teaser trailers or even gameplay trailers sometimes, and the games aren't actually being released until like three or four years down the line, which I think is fine in some cases. Like, I don't think it's always a bad thing, <laughs> but a lot of the times, and I would say most of the times it is. And so it was really refreshing because like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even just games that we had already known about that are releasing this year. Like they announced a lot of new shit, or at least a few new things. <laughs> which it's just, it's very exciting. And the entire Direct was just so well-paced. I know we haven't really got into the actual announcements yet, but like, 
they didn't waste my time at all because, you know, a lot of the times like you're watching the game awards or you're watching these really long press conferences or even some state of plays, <laughs> to be honest, or like when Square Enix did their little E3 thing, their Square Enix Presents. Um, a lot of the times it feels like they're just wasting your time because they'll show off one game that you're not interested in for like 15 minutes and it's just like, I don't need this in my life. Or even like even five over five minutes, I feel like is honestly pushing it for any sort of gameplay trailer. Any announcement shouldn't be over five minutes, in my opinion. That should be posted to YouTube after the fact. That should have its own stream that, you know, people can tune into if they're interested. But um, that was one thing I loved about this direct was that everything that was shown off was like under five minutes or if it was over five minutes I didn't realize it <laughs> it just felt so well paced it was about 40 minutes long uh the direct in total and there was so many games that you know weren't announced that we were just finding out about for the first time and there were so much quality games as well it like I really feel like this is probably one of the best directs that we've ever gotten even if there was some like even if there was nothing in it that stood out to you I, like, I, I don't know how that could be. <laughs> I feel like there was at least one thing in there for everyone to be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Even if you might not buy it, you're like, oh, like, this is kind of hype. But, like, even if there was nothing really in it for you, I feel like the entire structure of it was so good. So many announcements. They were all games that are coming out this year. You know, like I said, they didn't waste my time at all. And it, it was just so good. <laughs> it was just one of the best gaming presentations I think I've ever seen. And even though there were a lot of things in there that I really liked, um, there was nothing in there where I was like super duper hype. Like there wasn't any Final Fantasy VII Remake. There wasn't any Kingdom Hearts 3. There wasn't, you know, Insomnium Files, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, there was nothing in there for me that was really intense and where I would have like, I mean, I did kind of freak out over one thing. But, um, I don't know if that, like, that, anyway, that's a different kind of freak out. <laughs> but, um, you know, there was nothing kind of on that scale, but it was still, it was so good. <laughs> like, I cannot emphasize that enough. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like as I get older, I'm turning into more of a Nintendo person, which, like, I've always liked Nintendo, like, as a child, like, I was always on my DS, but, like, and, and the Wii, of course, <laughs> But, like, I feel like as I get older, I'm kind of like, you know what? Nintendo is growing on me a bit. So, I don't... It's kind of scary at the same time because that means, you know, the, their games don't go on sale nearly as much. So, like, I'm kind of paying more, but it's, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the actual announcements that were in this Direct as I've rambled on just about the, ner the nerdy things about it. So, the first thing that they showed off was Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And so from what I've seen online, this is basically an alternate route in Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses. It's not a sequel, which is what I thought at first. And I was kind of like, how is this going to work? Because there's, you know, so many different timelines that you can go down in Fire Emblem Three Houses and none of them are really like the true ending, if that makes sense. Um, they're all kind of just there. So I was like, how is this going to work? But it's, it's just another timeline, I guess. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like I won't really understand it until I play it. <laughs> um, but this is another, you know, Fire Emblem Warriors game, which I didn't play the first one. I don't really know what that gameplay is like. But at first, I was kind of thinking that this was Fire Emblem Warriors DLC. Like, it, it just, it wasn't clear to me that it was a, f a full new game that we were getting. 
but yeah, it's it's a full new game, and it's coming out June 24th, which is the same day as I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, so I probably won't be playing it on release. <laughs> um, I definitely want to play it at some point, um, but it won't be on release because I need to play Nirvana Initiative, but cool. Like, I was not expecting a Three Houses sequel, or I mean, it's not really a sequel, but a new Three Houses game, and so I'm just excited to see Edelgard, you know? <laughs> I love Edelgard. Um, and I'm curious to see, like, what what's going on? Is this, is this the canon timeline? I don't know. But, and it looks like pretty much all the characters have, like, new redesigns, um, new outfits, and, like, some of them got, like, haircuts and shit. Everyone looks, like, so good. <laughs> Like, I was, anyway, it was very, it was very nice to look at. But yeah, so we're getting a new Fire Emblem Warriors game. That is Three Houses. Um, I know a lot of people were thinking there was going to be something Fire Emblem, but I don't think anyone thought it was going to be a Warriors game or a Three Houses sequel. So, but I'll take it. There was also Mario Strikers Battle League got announced. So new Mario Strikers game. I don't know much about Mario Strikers, so I won't talk about it too much, but it looked pretty cool. Um, I liked how they had different outfits and shit. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cute. Um, I don't know if I will be picking it up, but um, you know, a lot of people were happy about it. So I'm happy for y'all. Um, and then we got some more footage of Splatoon 3, which is now coming out summer 2022. I think before it was just 2022, um, still no month or date or anything, but, um, yeah, it's, it's coming out this summer, hopefully. That was a weird trailer. <laughs> the Splatoon 3 stuff was really fucking weird. Um, the music in it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it was, it was just, it, that, that's what it was. <laughs> it, it, it sounded like if you went to, like, like a, like a dump, like a, anywhere with like a lot of garbage and like you found two spoons and you just started like hitting them together. And then like the person next to you started making other sounds with like other things. I don't know. It was so fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, this is an interesting direction that they're taking, but yeah. Happy for Splatoon fans. <laughs> Uh, and then we saw Disney Speedstorm, which is a free-to-play racing game. And it wasn't clear at all when they showed this off that it was free-to-play. Because I was watching it, I was like, holy shit, like, who's gonna buy this? <laughs> Other than, like, you know, parents for the kids or something. Um, but this is also coming out summer 2022, and it is, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a Disney racing game, but it's free-to-play, so that's actually kind of cool. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe it'll be, like, a live service. Anyway, it's gotta be live service, because, like, how else would they make money off it? Anyway. That was weird. They showed off, you know, driving as, like, Mulan and, like, Sully and, like, Mickey. It was weird. But, um, my first thought was, like, bro, no Kingdom Carts. Like, are we gonna get the Sora DLC in Disney Speedstorm? Anyway, that was, that was just a weird, weird announcement where I was like, what is happening here? Um, <laughs> but then we got Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers Edition. So this is coming out April 7th. And this is a HD remaster of Chrono Cross, which I'm very excited to play. I've never played it before, but I've wanted to for a while because I listen to the soundtrack. Like, you know, you're doing work or like you're studying or something and you're just like, I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to look up, you know, 
like an hour of like PlayStation 1 studying music or something. And Chrono Cross soundtrack is always there. And so like I know a few of the songs from it and I really like them. So um, I'm going to check out Chrono Cross when that comes out. Uh, but it also comes with Radical Dreamers, which I don't know. I think they said in the direct that this has never been like officially localized or translated. So that's pretty cool. I don't know how it connects to Chrono Cross or anything like that. But it looks like a visual novel. I, I, I can't remember exactly what they called it. They called it, like, some sort of adventure game. But it, it looks like a visual novel. So that that's also pretty cool. Like, that's... I'm down. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. It, I think a lot of people... Because Chrono Cross Remaster slash Remake has been rumored for a while. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be more of a remake situation. A lot of people also thought it was going to be on PlayStation, which it is. This is multi-platform, even though it was announced at the Direct. Um, I think this is going on all platforms. Um, but I don't think anyone expected to see it get announced at the Direct. So, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm really excited to play that. And it's, it comes out on April 7th, so it's like an, maybe like an early birthday gift for me? I don't know. Because my birthday is the 16th. But anyway, um, then we got to see more Kirby. That game looks so cute. I've never played a Kirby game before. But this might be the one that gets me into it. <laughs> oh, my wallet is not going to be happy with me. But it just looks so cute. <laughs> and, like, it just looks so fun as well and cozy and good. And I've seen some people comparing it to Mario Odyssey, which honestly seems like a fair thing. I don't think Kirby games are usually, like, up to that quality. But, like, when I look at this one, I'm like, this looks great. And, like, even if it's not as good as Mario Odyssey, I don't expect that at all. Um, even having something, like, kind of comparable to that, I'm like, that, that, like, I love Mario Odyssey. So, yeah, it just, it looks good. <laughs> Kirby still looks like a fun game, and the more they show of it, the more I want to play it, so I'm in danger. And then, so, they announced a few, uh, ports, so, like, one of them was, like, Assassin's Creed, there was a Star Wars game, but the one that caught a lot of people's eye was Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series, so I've, I've, when I saw Klonoa, uh, the character, uh, they looked a bit familiar, but I, I've never really heard of them. But a lot of people in my chat, because I live-streamed the direct, a lot of people were very happy. They were like, yo, Klonoa? Um, kind of like a mascot platformer game. So it looked really good. <laughs> Even though I've never heard of Klonoa, um, it seems like a game that I would really like, because, you know, it takes me back to my childhood of, you know, those 3D platformers, like PS2 era, so yeah, I think I'm, you know, once again, I'm probably going to play this. <laughs> At least I want to. And this is coming out uh, July 8th this year. But yeah, Klonoa, who would have thought? Just completely out of left field. At least to me it was. Um, then we got Live a Live, Live Live, Live Alive, Live Live. <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to say it. But this is coming out July 22nd. And this is a HD 2D game that is old. <laughs> um, and I believe they said this is another one that's never been, like, officially localized or translated in English. I think there has been fan translations, but, um, never, like, an official localization. And so this is really cool, and it, it it's very similar to Octopath, <laughs> where you have multiple characters that you can play as, and, like, I don't know much about this game, but it looked really pretty. It looked really cool. I might check it out, but yeah, like, it was just like, huh, who would have thought? Like, I know someone is losing their minds over this. And, um, 
it just you love to see it you loved i think that's one really good thing about the switch is that it feels like it's been a good place so far for older games <laughs> it's uh, more so third party than actual nintendo games which is a bit weird but um hey i'll take it <laughs> and then oh my god this next announcement nintendo switch sports <laughs> Once again, one of those announcements that I don't think anyone saw coming. It's it's just Wii Sports. Wii Sports is making a comeback. Only though, obviously, you don't got the Wii remote. You got the Joy-Cons. Um, but I believe they showed off, like, bowling. They had some soccer stuff. I can't remember everything that was shown off. But it was just like, what? Like, like they started with, like, the iconic, like, Wii Sports music. Like, it's that thing. So you recognize. And then you're like, what's happening? We're getting Switch Sports? In 2022, they got rid of the Miis. That was the weirdest thing about the trailer was that they didn't show off the Miis at all. But then um, after the direct, I saw some people on Twitter posting pictures with Miis. So the Miis still are in the game, but like they made an effort not to show them in the trailer. <laughs> at least not enough where I noticed it. So um, like I guess they're trying to distance themselves from the Miis or like trying to rebrand. I don't know. Because I thought that the new character designs looked really cute. <laughs> but I was also like, where are the Miis, you know? Because they're so iconic to Wii Sports. But yeah, Nintendo Switch Sports, uh, April 29th. And they're not adding golf. Like, they're adding golf as DLC in the summer, I think they said. Which is kind of weird why it's not in the base game. Especially because I feel like golf is one of the more fun ones. At least it was one of the ones that I played a lot <laughs> as a kid with Wii Sports. So, yeah, I mean, will I play it? I don't know, but, like, <laughs> I just thought it was fun. Like, that was, that, was, that was just a fun time. Taking me back to the good old days of the Wii. And then, so there's going to be a new demo for Triangle Strategy. I think there was already a demo for it, but that was a while ago. And this new demo, I believe they said you can play the first three chapters, which seems very generous. You know, I assume those chapters aren't just like 30 minutes long. <laughs> I assume they're like at least an hour long each. So that feels like a decent chunk of a demo, like of the game to put into a demo. Um, so I might check that out at some point because I'm still on the fence about it. Um, but I think playing the demo, I mean, if there's three chapters, I'm sure that'll help me know if it's something I actually want to play. And then we got the announcement that Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are coming to Nintendo Switch Online. And of course, there was nothing about Mother 3. <laughs> because Nintendo, Nintendo is good, but they're not that good, you know? Um, but yeah, Earthbound and Earthbound Beginnings are on Nintendo Switch Online. And that came out the day of the direct. You can play them right away. And honestly, I, I kind of want to play them. I don't know, like, I've never honestly seen much footage of those games when I was watching the Direct. I was like, this looks, this looks cool. I might check it out. And then, oh, now we got the good announcement. So we are getting Mar Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC, which is wild because obviously people have been wanting this for so long. And I think we were all just starting to give up hope about it, considering that we had just started getting that Mario Kart 9 rumor. And, you know, it has obviously been so long since um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has released. And so I feel like people had just given up hope on it. Then they were like, here you go. Here's your DLC. And um, they kind of led into it like, we have this announcement for Mario Kart fans. And so like right away, I was like getting myself hyped. I was like, we're finally, we're finally getting Coconut Mall, right? 
<laughs> I was so happy on stream. It was like, it was so much fun. <laughs> so I was like getting hyped. And then like right when they did that little like, you know, where they like snap their, snap their hands, their fingers, I don't know. And the trailer will start. Well, they did that. <laughs> and right away, like the first millisecond, I recognized the Coconut Mall like song because I mean, I would recognize it anyway, but literally right before a stream, like on my starting soon screen and just like talking before the direct had actually started, I was playing the Coconut Mall song on stream, trying to summon Mario Kart 9. Um, but like, I'll take, I'll take DLC. And so I, I was just so happy. Like there's a clip of it on my Twitch where you just see like my jaw drop. <laughs> As soon as I recognized the Coconut Mall song, it was a beautiful moment, if I do say so myself. Um, so we're getting Coconut Mall, and I'm very, very happy about it. Um, we're getting 48 new tracks across, um, I think it was like eight different waves. So we are getting a shit ton of new courses in Mario Kart, which is so exciting. They are all going to cost 25 US dollars for all of them. So, like, that's a steal. That is, I think when I saw someone online doing the math about it, it was like a dollar something for each course, like each track, which is just wild. Um, so I am, I am very excited. Um, I love Mario Kart. And if you don't want to pay the $25, it is also included in the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. One thing I will say, though, about the tracks is that they look a bit weird, and obviously I didn't notice this the first time because I, I was watching it because I was just so excited about Coconut Mall. <laughs> um, but after the fact, I was on Twitter and I saw, like, some comparison images between, like, the other tracks in Mario Kart 8 and these new DLC ones, and there's a big difference stylistically. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if they're going to look better when they actually release. I kind of doubt it, but... Um, yeah, so there is that. Like, they don't look to be as good, unfortunately. <laughs> like, just, like, stylistically and graphically. But, yeah, I also... Maybe it's too early to judge. I'm not sure. But uh, this new... The first wave comes out on March 18th. So, I'm very excited. <laughs> be a very fun community night when we can finally play Coconut Mall. <laughs> um, but anyway. And then the last announcement that they gave us was a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 announcement. This is coming out in September of this year. I'm not a big Xenoblade person myself, but I'm happy for y'all. And like, it's just, it's wild to me that this is releasing this year. Because <laughs> I'm so used to seeing a new game get announced and then having to wait a minimum of three years until it releases. <laughs> So when you just get a game announcement and they're like, yo, it's coming out in a few months, you're like, holy shit. So yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Happy for y'all. But anyway, um, our last bit of news is that <laughs> the Uncharted film director, and I'm not sure how to say his name, um, Ruben Flesher? I don't know. Um, confirmed he's working on a Jack and Daxter adaptation with PlayStation. Um, I'm just going to say, please don't be live action. I don't think it would be, but, like, oh, that sounds terrifying. Um, <laughs> so maybe we'll get a new Jack game. If I can get a new Jack and Daxter game out of this, I'll take it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit worried. <laughs> but anyway, I am excited to see the Uncharted movie on a similar note. But let's talk about what I've been playing. So I played most of my replay of Kingdom Hearts 1. I just haven't done, like, the final, the final boss battle. I don't really think I will at this point. <laughs> 
but I was going to go for the platinum. I know I said that last stream or last um, podcast, but I decided not to do that because <laughs> as I started digging more deep into all the stuff that I had to do, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. <laughs> not to say it won't ever happen, but like I have better ways to spend my time right now than working on a Kingdom Hearts 1 platinum. Um, I'm going to play other games. So I started playing Last Window. So this is the sequel to Hotel Dusk, Room 215, which is my favorite game that I played last year. And um, I love it so far. Um, <laughs> so far, the pacing seems to be a bit better than Hotel Dusk. It It's kind of hard to tell because I'm kind of, I don't know how far I am into it. I played, a, I, I played like a decent amount, I guess, but I feel like I'm, I, I don't know if I've hit the midpoint yet. But I really like the premise of this. I, I'm happy to be back playing as Kyle Hyde and uh, talking on the phone with Rachel. <laughs> um, I feel like the characters so far haven't grown on me as much as the Hotel Dust characters, like Louie and Rosa and Dunning. I loved them so much. Um, none of the characters in this game have really stood out to me in that same way yet. But at the same time, I, I, I haven't just got, I haven't gotten as attached to them yet because I haven't spent as much time with them. So like there is that part to it too. So I will give the benefit, the benefit of a doubt for now, but I'm really liking the story so far. I really like where it's going. So yeah, that's my visual novel for the time being. I'm really liking it. I also replayed Uncharted Drake's Deception. No, wait, no, that's the third one. I, I've messed up my notes here. Uncharted Drake's Fortune is the first one, but my notes say Drake's, Dece Drake's Deception, which is the third one. I replayed the first Uncharted game because um, I never actually finished it. I played most of it when I was like a teenager, but I never finished it uh, because I got to an part towards the ending where I just didn't know what to do and it was stressing me out because it was kind of scary. If you know, you know. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go back. And I also played that on PS3. So I have um, the PS4 collection. So I was like, I'm going to play the PS4 version. And it looks really pretty. Like, it doesn't... <laughs> I shouldn't say it looks really pretty. The environments look really pretty. Obviously, it is a bit dated. Even as a remaster of a PS3 game, it's still it's still a PS3 game. So, like, I find the character models are a bit wonky. Although, honestly, um, I also re-watched Uncharted 2 that, the other night, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, I didn't want to replay that game, but I was like, I'll just rewatch it. Oh, my God. My mom just sneezed. And I apologize if you just heard that because it was very loud. Oh, God, she did it again. Anyway, maybe I'll cut that out. <laughs> anyway, I find, you know, even though the characters in the first Uncharted look kind of wonky, not wonky, but just, I don't know, they don't look as good. Uh, I find Elena in Uncharted 2 looks worse because she looks like she's just very, like, airbrushed or something. Like, she looks like a different character in Uncharted 2 than she does in the first one, like everyone else just looks a bit better, but Elena just looks kind of different. It's like they just put on a lot of makeup on her or something. I don't know. Anyway, I enjoyed it. It's like a solid seven out of 10. It's nothing spectacular, but it's Uncharted and I like Uncharted. <laughs> so yeah, the PS4 remaster looks pretty environmentally. <laughs> and I did actually finish it this time around. So that was cool. Um, and I have also, I started Pokemon Legends Arceus. So I've talked about this a bit. I don't think I talked about it on the podcast, but I have on stream and on Twitter um, about how I'm not really a Pokemon person. Um, I tried playing Pokemon X on the 3DS uh, back when I was like a teenager and it, it didn't really click with me. I liked it for a while, but then I just kind of got bored of it. I haven't really dabbled in any of the other games. I have another one, but I, 
I literally don't think I played it at all. It was, it was one of the DS games. And so, but I had been seeing a lot of hype around Pokemon Legends Arceus. I watched a few streams of it and just like, it, it looked good. <laughs> it stood out to me. And you know, usually I don't give a shit about Pokemon. It's not my thing. Um, but there was something about Legends Arceus where I was like, I feel like I should check this out. And so I picked it up because um, I, I, it was self-care. <laughs> I was like, I deserve this. This is, this is my comfort for now. I'm gonna give it another shot. And so I picked it up and I don't think I finished the tutorial stuff yet. I've heard it's pretty long, but I have put in, I want to say about three, maybe a little over three hours into the game. And I really like it so far. Um, I really like how catching Pokemon is different. I really like the sort of like research aspect of it, um, where it's not just about, you know, fighting other Pokemon trainers. It is, you know, learning more about them. Um, I don't know, just, it appeals to me more. It's also really pretty. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's pushing it. It's not really pretty, but, like, it's comforting. I don't know, the other Pokemon games I played, like I said, were on the 3DS and the DS, so this style just, it fits better with me. Um, I like it more. I feel like if I say that a Pokemon game is pretty, people are gonna, like, jump down my throat, um, but I like it. It's nice to look at, even if it's not, like, nice-nice. It's, anyway, it's comforting, if that makes sense, um, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And I'm going to play more of it. It's, like, just a really chill game um, to play, like, when you're in bed. Because <laughs> I did that, and then I was, like, almost falling asleep. <laughs> Actually, I did fall. I literally, I had to stop playing the game and then take a nap because I, I was so tired. It wasn't because the game was bad. It was just, like, so comforting, and I was so tired. But anyway, that's that's more of a me thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really liking Pokemon Legends Arceus, so this might be the, this might be the game that gets me into Pokemon. So... Like, I kind of hope not, because then that means, like, what if I want to spend even more money on games, because now I've got to play, like, a Pokemon that comes out every year, but anyway, um, I really like it so far, and maybe I will play more Pokemon games if I really like it. This continues. Oh, okay. So that's all that I've been playing, I think, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, for the questions segment for this episode... Um, so this episode actually comes out the day after Valentine's Day, so I thought it would be cool to ask y'all a, a little Valentine's-themed question, um, you know, get them romantic vibes going or something, I don't know, I'm not a Valentine-type person. <laughs> anyway, so it's Valentine's season, so the question that I asked y'all was, what are some of your favorite couples slash ships from a video game? Because there are a lot, like, there are a lot of couples in video games, whether they are canon or not, um, there are a lot of couples, so let's talk about it. So, starting us off is Oblivion, the wonderful V, and she said, she has a few, <laughs> she lists off a few here. So, the first one, she says, is Zack and Aerith from Final Fantasy VII, which I love. I love them so much. They're, they're one of my favorites as well. They're just like, they're very wholesome. They're very depressing. Anyway, <laughs> um, V also says Yukiko and Chie from Persona 4, another good one. Um, Titus and Yuna from Final Fantasy X. Garnet and Zidane from Final Fantasy IX. Both very good ones. The Final Fantasy couples are just great in general, I feel like. Um, Sora and Kairi from Kingdom Hearts. And Ventus and Nomine from Kingdom Hearts. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then New says, Hollow Knights, Cornifer and Iselda. I'm so sorry. I don't know these characters. <laughs> but them. And uh, New says, they both bring me joy and I'm always happy to see them in game. So 
I don't know. If y'all played Hollow Knight, you know what New is talking about, and I don't. <laughs> I love you, New. Um, and then Tyler, Tyler Tyrums, said, It's a little controversial to say Noctis and Luna because I know a lot of people have a problem with how they're betrayed in Final Fantasy XV, but I think it's cute. You know it's love when in a world with cell phones, they're sending messages to each other through a notebook carried cross-country by her dog. Either way, uh, Shion and Alfin from Tales of Arise, they are a good one. I did really like Shion and Alfin. Um, and, uh, female Byleth and Edelgard. A few people said that, which is, mm, say magnifique. Um, Shovel Knight slash Shield Knight. Only real ship I have that's not canon, since I lean toward more confirmed things, is Ryuji and On. They definitely have some connection. Um, also Makoto and Kyoko from Danganronpa. Weird but cute. And Tyler says again, also Kiryu and Kaoru. So, from Yakuza. Yakuza 2, right? Yes, Yakuza 2. Um, Kiryu and Kaoru, not one that I would have thought of, but, like, I will never forget, and this is kind of, I'm gonna give vague, very vague spoilers for Yakuza 2, um, but there's just this scene at the end of Yakuza 2 where, like, J-Rock is playing, and it's just, it's, it's entertaining, it's, it's, <laughs> it's stuck out to me, I will say that much, I was like, oh, this is really happening in a Yakuza game. But it was a good moment. <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah, I like most of your show. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie, Tyler. I'm not the biggest fan of Noctis and Luna. Not because of, like, their connection, just because of the writing, I guess. I don't know. Um, anyway. <laughs> but I'm happy that you like them, honestly. And I will say, like, the ending of Final Fantasy XV, like, that very ending thing that happens. I was kind of like, aww. So, like, I'm not against them. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Good, good, good ships, good couples. Um, and then Makoto Fatora said Faye slash Ellie from Xenogears. It's my original favorite. Um, also, Kid and You and Takeshi slash spoiler character from Ever17. I don't know any of them, but I do appreciate that you said spoiler character instead of spoiling it. Because <laughs> I haven't played Ever17 yet, so thank you for that. <laughs> And then Cordy Kazam says Herschel Layton and Claire Foley. Oh, I said that right. Foley? 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 I think it's Foley. From Professor Layton and the Unwound Future makes my little heart happy. Also, into any of the main Final Fantasy VII ships, despite having never played the game. I don't know. I just think those characters are neat. I like how they all look. Honestly, fair. <laughs> that is completely understandable. Like, everyone in Final Fantasy VII is very good to look at, and they mostly all of them look good together as well. And Cordy also says C-Team is a big fave. So C-Team from Zero Time Dilemma, I also agree. I love them. Um, usually, like, there aren't many polyamory ships that I am a fan of or that I even kind of think about. But C-Team is definitely one of them. <laughs> I, like, because it was, it started off where, like, obviously I shipped Akane and Junpei in Zero Escape because, like, of course, they are, they are a couple. Um, but then I was also like, you know what? I also kind of ship Junpei and Carlos. And so I didn't really ship Akane and Carlos, but like, if I want to make it all work, C-Team, just C-Team polyamory. And I feel like that is wonderful. I feel like that is a good polyamorous ship and I love them. Oh God. Anyway, it hit something. It's fine. But yes, all, all good stuff. Good stuff. 
And then Tolly Zoo said, I remember an old PS2 game called Lifeline. It used a USB microphone and had a sci-fi premise on a space station. You took on the role of a trapped survivor in a security monitoring room, injured and unable to leave the room. But you could talk to another survivor and tell her how to navigate and maneuver combat. It was an interesting bonding experience, so it's a platonic couple, but still one of the more memorable ones in video games for me. Interesting. I've, I've never heard of this. But I think it sounds cool. I think like the USB microphone specifically, I'm like, huh, that, that's cool. <sighs> okay. And then Mila says Shulk and Viora from Xenoblade Chronicles. Also, although I've not finished the game yet, I feel confident asserting that Haruki and both Setsuna and Kazusa from White Album 2 would also make a fantastic trio if a canon polyamory ending existed. My heart breaks for the game. Not familiar, not familiar with White Album 2, but like, I'm happy to see more polyamory stuff. Like, I just think it's cool. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's continue. Um, Adam says, Akane and Junpei, 100%. Also, Steinsgate spoiler couple. Thank you. I, Adam did put spoiler tags in the Discord answer of, like, what that spoiler couple was. But I haven't finished Steinsgate, so I didn't read it. But if you do want to go in the Discord and you do want to see what Adam said, because you're a fellow Steinsgate fan, you can do that. Um, I just didn't want to spoil myself. <laughs> Um, and obviously Phoenix Wright and Miles Edgeworth, the best couple. Also, completely understandable. I also liked them. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Bad Game Jules said Edelgard and female Byleth. I love their dynamic so much. Just two souls who understand each other and can always rely on one another. I know I already said this, but I'm also a fan of Edelgard and female Byleth. <laughs> when I played Fire Emblem Three Houses, that was that was what I did. I was female Byleth, and I was like, yo, Edelgard, hit me up. Anyway, <laughs> we got married. It was wonderful. It was genuinely so wonderful. Um, I, I might have teared up a bit, but it's fine. Just just little, um, little gay things. Anyway. <laughs> um... And Owen said Joker with Makoto or Akechi in Persona 5. Good ones, good ones. Like, if I were going to ship Joker with anyone, it would be Makoto or Akechi. When I, when I first played Persona 5, I romanced Makoto. However, if Akechi was an option, I would not hesitate. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I like Joker and Akechi. But I also did romance Makoto, so. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and Owen also said Riku and Naminé in Kingdom Hearts, which is another good one. Like, I feel like Kingdom Hearts is one of those things where, like, I can ship basically any character as long as it's not weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, basically as long as there's no, um, very big age differences. Um, yeah, like, Kingdom Hearts has a lot of good ships, and Riku and Naminé is one that I am down for. Even though it's not, like, a big one for me, I'm like, yeah, I see it. Like, I see all of them, you know? Um, and Kokiri said Luigi and Daisy. Very a classic, if I do say so myself. Um, Andre also said, I ship female Byleth and Edelgard in a perfect world, as we all do. <laughs> um, Mo said, wow, there's more than I thought after thinking for a while. I'm a fan of Neku and Shiki from The World Ends With You, Titus and Yuna, Junpei and Akane, but I'm going to have to give it to Okabe and Kurisu from Steinsgate on this one as my fave. Very good ones, Mo. Very good ones. And Jay... <laughs> Jay said, oh, wow, okay, so Byleth, female, and Edelgard, for sure. I'm glad we all had this experience. <laughs> I'm glad that we all had <laughs> the same Fire Emblem Three Houses experience. Um, I also really like Locke and Celeste from Final Fantasy VI. Also, Joker and On in Persona 5 I thought was wholesome as hell, and Akana and Junpei. 
And then the Landy Lodge says Titus and Yuna, another pretty common one. Um, Andy Brew, bro, brew, is it brew or bra? I don't know. I'm gonna say brew. <laughs> Said Neko and Shiki, which is another common one. And then Pop Pie Plays says Hubert and Pascal from Tales of Graces. Ouija says the entire cast of Watam, Watam, not trying to say that, Watam, I'm gonna say Watam, which I had to Google this because I was like, what the hell is happening here? And when I Googled Watam, um, I was not given any answers. I did not understand. I don't know what. <laughs> interesting. Interesting answer, Ouija. I'm, should I play with Tom? Should I see what this is all about? <laughs> and then Austin said Shrek X Shadow and Sans and Komida. Thanks, Austin. Um, <laughs> so for my answer, some of my favorite ships, some of my favorite couples in video games, um, I think my favorite one is probably Akane and Junpei from Zero Escape. Um, they have a bit of a toxic dynamic, a bit of an unhealthy dynamic, if I do say so myself. But I also really love them. Like, they have the elevator scene. Like, how many video game couples have something like the elevator scene? You know? I, just, I love them. Um, they, they, I, I love them so much. <laughs> I love Zero Escape so much. And both of them are, like, two of my favorite characters in Zero Escape. And so them being, like, a canon couple is just like, ah! Anyway, um, I also have Carlos and Junpei here and C-Team. And then Zack and Aerith, which we already talked about. I also really love Cloud and Tifa. I love them so much. They're another one that's like, eh, this is a bit unhealthy. But, like, I feel like they can probably work it out. <laughs> like, it's not toxic. It's just unhealthy. You know what I mean? Like, they can, they'll be fine at some point. They really love each other. I know they do. Oh, I love Cloud and Tifa so much. I have here most K-Hate ships that aren't weird, kind of like I already talked about. Um, I have a weird one here because I shipped it when I was younger and I don't really do now, but it's still like kind of a comfort ship, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like I should shout it out because it meant a lot to me when I was younger, which sounds really weird to say about fictional characters, like wanting to, them to be together. But anyway, um... So, Byakuya Togami from Danganronpa and Toko Fukawa from Danganronpa. If you've played Danganronpa, you know how bad <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> how questionable that is. Because, like, there have been, there's, like, multiple times in the series where Togami basically says to Fukawa, like, die. Or, like, I don't care if you die. Or, like, stuff that implies that, like, it's not good at all. And, like, Toko just kind of, like, stalks him, and it's not healthy at all. Like, it's very, very unhealthy. It's very toxic. But, um, when I was, like, 14 and getting into Danganronpa, I was like, that's the kind of relationship that I want. And so, to no one's surprise, I have not really had any good relationships in my life yet, but that's for another time. I don't, th this is, we're talking about Valentine's Day, not therapy, so... <laughs> But I thought I'd shout them out because I, they still kind of hold a special place in my heart, you know? Like, anyway, I wrote a lot of fanfics about them. It's fine. Um, I also have Chloe and Max from Life is Strange. Um, honestly, like, I, I was never a big fan of, like, Max in Life is Strange or even Chloe the first time that I played it. Um, like, I feel like their relationship is stronger than them as characters themselves. But I think it was one of the first games I played that had... Well, I mean, the option to be in an LGBT relationship. So it's just, it's always stood out to me and I really love them. Also, Ellie from The Last of Us and any of her girlfriends, whether it's Dina 
or um, the one in the Left Behind DLC. So, y'all know. <laughs> y'all probably know. I've never actually played... I mean, I have played The Last of Us, but I never finished it. I never played much of it. I haven't played Left Behind. I haven't played The Last of Us 2. I am vaguely familiar. I've seen some cutscenes. Um, I've seen, like, The Last of Us 2 trailers with her and Dina. Um, I did watch all of Left Behind as a child. <laughs> Not as a child, but, like, as a young teenager. I think that was actually the first time where I saw any, you know, women loving women in a video game. And so it meant a lot to me <laughs> as a young, you know, because like I was the same age-ish as Ellie during that time. You know, I was like 13, 14 years old, just like watching on YouTube the Left Behind DLC with Ellie. And I, I can't remember her, her friend's name that she kisses, but it was, it was just like, oh, like, oh, this is so cute. Maybe I want this. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> I love Ellie. I might not have played her games, but I love her. Uh, also, Edelgard and Female Byleth. <laughs> also, Kanji and Naoto from Persona 4 is one that I really, really love. Um, I, I kind of obsessed over them for a while. Like, Kanji, they're both, like, two of my favorite characters from Persona 4 as well. So, like, Kind of like Zero Escape, where it's like Akanai and Junpei. Like, they're a couple. Like, it's very similar, where it's like, those are my two favorite characters, and they're together. Ah! I really like Kanji and Naoto. I really like their dynamic. It is very gay, even if it's, like, a heterosexual relationship. It's just very gay. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then the last one I have here is actually... And, you know, I haven't... I'm, I haven't thought about this one much, but, like, it came to mind. Because I was like, were there any uh, Yakuza ships that stood out to me? And actually... I don't have this, but I'm going to say it now. Um, Majima Makoto, I think was her name in Yakuza 0. I loved them, but that's not what I'm about to say. Um, I'm going to say Kiryu and Rikia from Yakuza 3. I played Yakuza 3 last year. I loved it so much. And one of my favorite things about it was their relationship. I know a lot of people aren't going to read it that way. <laughs> um, but to me, I was like, that, like it, it's not overtly like, it's not implied, it's, I don't even know, like, I don't think it was their intention at all for it to come off that way, but, oh my, it, it just, I love Kiryu and Riki, I feel like, oh, anyway, I love Yakuza 3, I don't want to, like, go into spoilers, <laughs> because I know there's a lot of people listening that probably haven't played it, but, um, I like them, complete, it threw me off guard, so I thought I would shout it out, I wonder if there will be any other Yakuza ships, because I still have to play a lot of the games, I wonder if there's any other Yakuza ships that, you know, as I play more of the games, I'll be like, oh, actually, there was another one that was actually in Yakuza 3. Um, Mine and was it Daigo? I think it was those two characters where I was like, oh, this seems a little homosexual. <laughs> like Mine's feelings toward Daigo. I was like, hmm, this seems, hmm, this seems like a bit more than like a brother type of thing or like, you know, just like that masculine energy I don't know Yakuza 3 in general is one of the gayest games I've ever played and nothing was overtly gay <laughs> at least that's how I feel about it um so yeah I've had a lot of favorite couples favorite ships over the years but those are the ones that are coming to me right now so yeah I hope that you all had a good Valentine's Day because <laughs> when this comes out it will be the day after so I hope that you had a good Valentine's Day I hope that you had like some nice chocolate even if you don't have a Valentine you can be my Valentine, like, platonically. <laughs> I know I don't have, like, a romantic Valentine, but, um, you know, it'll be fun. I don't care. <laughs> my parents will probably get me chocolate. And if they don't, I will tell you all on Twitter. 
that I was wrong and I've been disappointed. Anyway, <laughs> you don't need to have a romantic Valentine. You can have a platonic Valentine, you know, just buy someone chocolates just for the hell of it. Romance, romance is overrated. Even though I'm talking about, you know, couples and ships. Trust me. Does that sound really bitter? I don't know. I'm, I'm just going off on a tangent now. I've been recording for an hour, so we should stop. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And I will be back on Tuesday, March 1st for the next episode where we'll be discussing who knows what. If you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server, link in the description. You can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch, where I'm at Games. And I hope you all have a wonderful day or night, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.